0: Without Pope John Paul II, there would be no end of communism, or at least much later, and the end would have been bloody. Le Qualesa. Welcome to the Revisionist History podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and it's time again for our Sunday Sundays with the Saints episode. And we're going to do something this Sunday that we did last week as well, which is combine the Saints and debunking myths, or at least in this case, a common misconception that has sprung up. If you look at the period during which the Soviet Union fell in the late 1980s, early 1990s, three towering figures from the Cold War stand out. Ronald Reagan, Mikhail Gorbachev, and Pope John Paul II. And in recent years especially, there's been a common misconception that the fall of the Soviet Union and of the Eastern Bloc itself was totally due to the influence of Pope John Paul II. We need to correct that today, because even he didn't see it that way. So let's get started. Whatever your religious or political persuasion, there's no question that John Paul II was one of the most influential figures of the 20th century. But was he... As many are taught, and even more believe, the reason for the collapse of communism in Eastern Europe? The answer, like the Times, isn't a simple one. As Bishop of Krakow, he was certainly not as directly involved in politics as his counterpart in Warsaw had been, both during the Nazi occupation and the subsequent communist regime. He stressed love, bridge building, and humanism as the antidote to both fascism and communism, rather than protests and running street battles. There were many activist priests in Poland, even after he assumed the papacy, but he was never truly one of them. Furthermore, while his election in the fall of 1978 as the first non-Italian pope in 450 years sent shockwaves all the way to the Kremlin, there was no reason to believe those shockwaves would last or be anything more than symbolic. The Vatican Curia ran things, and appeasement was their policy. John Paul II never called for the overthrow of communism, but rather for all governments to respect basic human rights, hardly a revolutionary position then or now. He did not and could not start an economy-crushing arms race with the Soviets as Reagan did, nor bring in reforms that ultimately grew beyond his control as Gorbachev did. Events often ran well ahead of where he would have preferred. So it really can't be argued that he set out to bring about the fall of the Soviet Union or communism in Eastern Europe. What he did do was use both the moral power of the Vatican and his own Polishness in grand and symbolic ways. Ways that had an impact and influence he could hardly have imagined. Symbols matter and in this case, as much as tanks and ballistic missiles. What perhaps only the KGB realized when Wojtyla became Pope John Paul II, was that Poland's Catholic identity was, and always would be, far stronger than its communist one. Communism had been imposed 40 years earlier. Catholicism had been there for a 1,000 years. It had sustained them through continual occupation by foreign powers, and when one of their own became its leader, something in the Polish psyche changed. This became evident on his first return to Poland as Pope, where millions, to the shock of the communist authorities, turned out to see him. Most historians point out the people chanting, we want God, at the masses that he said there. But few remember an even more radical occurrence. Banners with the communist party slogan, the party is for the people, had a provocative phrase added, but the people are for the Pope. His visit to Poland in 1979 inspired an unemployed electrician to form the first and only trade union in the Soviet bloc. Solidarity was born, not just as a union, but as a movement. And Lech Walesa, who would later become president of a free Poland, credits John Paul II with his birth. Pope intervened with Soviet Premier Leonid Brezhnev to prevent action against Solidarity at one point, and though ultimately a crackdown did come, it was too little, too late. We focus a lot on the fall of the Berlin Wall, again, symbolism, but Poland was the keystone to the Warsaw Pact, and its revolt all but ensured the collapse of the entire bloc, and eventually the Soviet Union itself. There are many reasons for the collapse of Communism, and certainly no one man can claim credit. John Paul II certainly never would, but he became the face of something all oppressed peoples need in order to throw off their oppressors, hope. It could be said that the 120 Cardinals who elected him started it all, or even that God himself had ordained it. Interestingly, This last is a view that John Paul II himself did not hold to. When asked if God had brought about the fall of communism, he said this. It would be simplistic to say that divine providence caused the fall of communism. In a certain sense, communism as a system fell by itself. It fell as a consequence of its own mistakes and abuses. It proved to be a medicine more dangerous than the disease itself. It did not bring about true social reform yet it did become a powerful threat and challenge to the entire world but it fell by itself because of its own inherent weaknesses so as we can see from that quote john paul certainly did not believe he was the cause of the fall of communism but he was also a very humble man and i think he didn't give himself enough credit for the part that he did play in inspiring the downfall of communism in Eastern Europe. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad free. Thanks again.